Good afternoon, America. How is everyone doing today? And welcome back to another edition of The Sea Report, coming to you live on uh, the Foxhole app, the Twitches, and uh, again to our uh, audience over in the podcast land over in Spreaker. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm hoping you guys are having a great Tuesday afternoon. I know I am, and we've got some news for you guys today. I hope so, right? Hope we have some news for you guys to today. Um, let's see here what we got going on. Uh, we're running a uh, first time on the Mr. C channel for the C report, so it's uh, kind of cool to be in this uh, brand new home here on the Foxhole app. Uh, that's not to the negligence of the Q&A Holes uh, network, though, because they will be live today at 9 p.m. Eastern time, so make sure you guys check that out. They're going to have a special eclipse uh version of the show today something that uh we've done in the past but we we're bringing it back um unfortunately i will not be there this evening due to um other duties that i must uphold around the place so we'll actually work so yeah i won't be able to make it in today but uh nevertheless um we will have that uh going on tonight for you guys i'll probably catch the replay or i'll probably try and check it out um, while I'm in between phone calls since I do, you know, work at home gigs. Anyways, so before we get into the C-Report, let's just do a quick chat recap. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> Joe and I too, hope you're having a great day. Hope you are too, Joe, like always. Giuseppe, thanks for dropping in. It was cool to see you there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Monkey Toes, I see Mr. C has his own channel. Yay. Yes, yes, it does. It's true. Tracy Lee 555, good to see you as always. Uh, yes, <laughs> I just like to dress up, honestly. That's the only reason why I do this. Uh, Cloud Watcher, always in the audience. Repeat Offender, Sergeant Sparky, awesomeness. Good to see you, sir. And then let's see what else we got going on here today. RMA was hanging out in chat yesterday. Popcorn Q17 as well. Um, so it was always good to have you guys joining us live. Um, of course, you can always catch the replay if you're not able to make it live. Like uh, last night, I had, um, I guess, like, I guess the inaugural uh, episode here on the C Report was, well, hello, Mr. C. And uh, I thought it went over pretty well. Um, I had a really good time uh, hanging out with the family and everyone there. And uh, that program and specifically or show is uh, um, dedicated uh, to the Foxhole app exclusively. So that was very fun to have. Um, Popcorn Q17, I'm sorry, but I admit I did not vote for, o I did vote for Obozo, but I couldn't stomach hashtag no, no name McStain or Pierre de Electo, Pierre de Electo. Uh, who's Pierre? Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure no name McStain. We all know is that that treasonous. Uh, SOB that got uh, executed and deserved just that. Anyways, well, I like to say he got executed. I'm not sure if that's exactly what went down in the books, but his flag was a wrinkled and, uh, you know, that's, that's, um, I don't know, maybe they just uh, withheld his medication or something like that. While 200X, it is okay to be late as I disclosed the other night on the show. I, uh, I I am always late because I was born late. So anyways, if you want to know what I'm talking about, ask around or go and uh, check out the replay on last night's episode. Hey, 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 17 Angels. Good to have you in the crowd. And uh, let's see here. Ah, yes. Okay. A couple more things there. I think that was pretty much it for the recap. I mean, there was a lot going on. We had Q&A holes in the house. We had Carrie Lake in the house. Um, let's see. Catching up on her news. Yay. 
and I'm glad to be glad to be the trusted source of news right now. I mean, I just read the headlines and give my own personal analysis. But yep. So all right, guys, let's go ahead and get into it. God, there was a lot. Skeeter Burke. Oh, man, I didn't have a chance to review these earlier. I was running around Henry 4570 or Henry underscore 45 underscore 70. I don't know how you like to pronounce it, but that's awesome. Good having you around. Electricity is such an awesome thing to have. Thunder and lightning reminds me I am very fortunate. That was from Skeeter Burke. I'm bracing for the SHTF scenarios to commence this summer. Riot season upon us. Yeah, you know, riot seasons are upon us. I guess you could say, I guess, um, I guess it's traditionally speaking now, we tend to get these riots uh, in this time of day, uh, this time of year. Uh, I don't know what's up with that. What are you doing over here? Okay. And um, well, you know, that, I was kind of thinking about that when I was thinking about what was going on with that, um, with that Floyd, Floyd, off, whatever his name was, that Floyd guy that, that got killed with because he took too much drugs or uh, he ate too much drugs. Like, I mean, I know there was some rioting. Was it underreported? Because I really don't recall it being blown up as big as they would have done in the past. So I wasn't too sure if I just missed something or if if maybe like everyone was speculating, um, there wasn't that many, uh, there wasn't that much vitriol against what was going on. And, and I guess it, it tapered out or it happened too soon or something like that. I know we were waiting to see if there was going to be a mistrial declared or what they were going to do, and then maybe they would act then. Uh, by then, I mean like the Antifers and the, the you know, the Black Lives people. But, um, I mean, I, I just, I didn't hear much about it. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll have a summer of love instead of summer of riots. Who knows? Like, that would be pretty cool. But uh, one can always wish, hope, think, and project that way, right? Right. Okay, guys, let's get into today's report. Of course, President Trump leads at the sea report. So we're going to go ahead and get into that. Let me go ahead and move some things around here on my screen so I can see what I'm doing. And okay. All right, guys. So uh, by way of Trump's uh, statements for today and other things going on. Now, you guys know he was actually and I haven't tracked this down. Uh, this was uh, probably sometime uh, last week. I was probably like on a Friday or a Wednesday or Thursday, right? At hump day forward. Uh, he actually did an interview on the Candace Owens show. Now, I haven't really tracked him down. I haven't tracked that interview down yet. I don't know if any of y'all got to see that yet. I should, I should probably do my homework on that tonight and uh, see if I can't find that interview. Um, there were a couple of clips here and there. Um, but yeah, so I think that would be pretty interesting to see uh, and to hear an interview between he and Candace Owens. Uh, Candace was in the news a lot, of course, uh, I guess a few months ago when uh, she was having that WAP fight with uh, Cardi B. What is a Cardi B? Mm, it's an overused blood-stained cardigan from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. That's what I think Cardi B is. But anyways, uh, so... Um, you know, and then of course, Candace was always at the forefront of like the legs. I mean, you guys know who Candace Owens is like, you know, I think she would be uh, a good, um, a good, uh, a good candidate for president. Um, but also 
Hey, Frank at the NPC show. Thanks for putting that note over at Twitch. I appreciate that, bud. Um, but yes, and, and hey, Miss uh, Honeybee. And whoa, hey, what is going on here? Uh, <laughs> how's it going, guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Did I suddenly get that many people over at Twitch? How y'all doing, guys? Welcome to the C Report. Um, but yes, uh, as I was saying uh, in regards to Candace Owens, the only thing is like, uh, I guess she, she's pregnant. I don't think she's had her baby yet, but I think that her... Um, I don't know, her face looks different to me. Like, I don't know what it is, but like when I look at her face from like years ago, hence up till now, I'm like, what happened to Candace? Anyways, uh, it looks like I might just have gotten raided. Thanks for, uh, thanks for dropping off some of the crew there. Um, Frank over NPC. Um, I'm, I'm glad you guys are, are coming on in. I hope you enjoy the show. NPC show. Yay. Hey, Frank. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm not watching it on Twitch, but I can see you guys in my stream yard. I appreciate you guys coming in and I appreciate you sharing the love, Frank. It's, it's a, it means a lot. I do appreciate it. So, uh, we're, we're catching up on some of the day's news. We just got started. The, tr uh, Trump leads at the C report. So, uh, we go ahead and uh, review some of his statements. Now he had, Two endorsements that came uh, like yesterday. No, it was today, actually. He did the two endorsements. He had one for Wilton Simpson, um, who's president of the Florida State Senate. And Trump is hoping that he will run for the Florida Agricultural Commissioner in 2022. So that's pretty good. Hey, Miss Honeybee, how you doing? Um, and uh, let's see here. I'll pull up his other statements. I wanted to read this one out to you guys. Let me go ahead and expand the screen for you on that. Um, congratulations to Glenn Youngkin for winning the Republican nomination for governor of Virginia. Glenn is so, uh, is pro-business, pro-Second Amendment, pro-veterans, pro-America. He knows how to make Virginia's economy rip-roaring, and he has my complete and total endorsement. Glenn is running against Bill Clinton's longtime enabler, Terry McAwful. <laughs> Just kidding. Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAwful, let's just call, call, call them Terry McAuliffe. Uh, Terry McAwful. Um, Terry McAwful was uh, the Clintons' bag man in more ways than one, from the cover-ups to the get-rich-quick schemes and his deals with communist China look suspicious. He was responsible for many of the problems Virginia currently has. Virginia doesn't need the Clintons or the communist Chinese running the state, so say no to Terry McAwful. And yes, to Patriot Glenn Youngkin. Awesomeness. I'm still seeing some people. Hey, Paranoid Eye. How you doing, buddy? I saw you in the uh, room the other night. Welcome to the C-Report. All right. Let's see what else we got over here. Another statement from uh, President Trump. When I was in office, we were known as the Peace Presidency. Because Israel's adversaries knew that the United States stood strongly with Israel. And there would be swift retribution if Israel was attacked. Under Biden, the world is getting more violent and more unstable because Biden's weakness and lack of support for Israel is leading to new attacks on our allies. America must always stand with Israel and make clear that the Palestinians must end the violence, terror, and rocket attacks and make clear that the United States will always strongly support Israel's right to defend itself. Unbelievably, Democrats also continue to stand by anti-crazed American Representative Ilhan Omar and others who savagely attack Israel while they are under terrorist assault. So I guess if you guys are kind of following what's going on <clears throat> with Israel and I guess Hamas, they're, they're back to bombing each other. 
And, you know, Ilhan over there is just saying someone did something. So, yeah, uh, they need to get rid of her. I'm surprised she's not gone with all the dirt that they found on this woman, uh, including what uh, incestual relationships, uh, fraudulent marriages and all that stuff. It, it's, it is something else to know that she's still sitting. You know she wasn't reelected. You know that there was, you know, that they probably goofed the numbers on that one just like they did. Uh, Minnesota, um, you know, that's, uh, that is another what uh, Democrat progressive type president, uh, or not president, governor, who, who is actually number six in line for, you know, the deadly um, nursing home uh, COVID scandals. Like uh, that one didn't get picked up too much, but he was on the list and they were going to start investigating him as to why that went. Uh, Tony A. Keel, where we go one, we go all indeed, my friend. We go one, we go all indeed. All right. And our next statement from President Trump will take us into today's uh, head lines. So let's go ahead and check this one out. The major Michigan election fraud case has just filed a bombshell pleading claiming votes were intentionally switched from President Trump to Joe Biden. The number of votes is massive and determinative. This will prove true in numerous other states. All Republicans must unify and not let this happen. If a thief robs a jewelry store of all of its diamonds, the 2020 presidential election, the diamonds must be returned. The fake news media refuses to cover the greatest election fraud in the history of our country. They have all lost credibility and they have lost all credibility, but ultimately they will have no choice. And uh, I really do think that that's what we're seeing here and now. Um, we're seeing that uh, it's coming out a little at a time, you know, a little bit by little bit that, uh, yeah, shocker indeed, right? Um, it's coming out a little bit by little bit that there actually was fraud. And so that's, I mean, I don't know, I guess because we're in the, we're in the throes of this discovery with the fraud, like we here at the Sea Report have really just come to cover this whole election fraud because uh, with the audits going on, it's, it's day by day, we're finding out more and more information every day. More damning information came out from Arizona. I mean, yesterday, if you recall, and we'll get to Arizona a little bit later in the episode. We're going to start with Antrim County, Michigan today. But like with that, like we saw yesterday, even the sheriff, and we got something to say about him, uh, was calling for for them to uh, stop the audit. And then, you know, they're using routers that they don't want to, um, they don't want to give access, uh, even though they've been subpoenaed. Now they're going to threaten to subpoena the Maricopa, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, which they should go under testimony. They should go under oath. They really should. Um, but we'll see how that turns out. So um, everything is coming to light now. And here's the thing about it that I think as we go through all of these cases, and if you go back probably within the last two weeks, say say from the time that the Arizona Maricopa County 2020 presidential election audit started. Since that time, we have been on it almost every show at the Sea Report. And I find it interesting as all of these stories develop that they're coming up against the same material, the same evidence that Trump and his team of lawyers, um, you know, used to try and get these, um, 
um, these uh, false elections overturned or to at least hear, you know, to at least hear the evidence, to at least allow it to be submitted into uh, into um, into the the into the hearing. And they threw all the cases out. But now we have we the people on the on the floor, on the ground level going in like in the uh, case of what's going on in Michigan we have we the people who are suing and they're the ones who are getting things done so it seems that like you know it really was up to us the people to fight for this and sometimes people say well they just needed to know that the american people wanted that and that they weren't just going to stay asleep and you know um just get run over and be the doormat for you know the globalists and for the deep state and for all of those uh those ill-willed interests out there that are trying to pick apart and destroy this nation, um, um, we really had to show that we wanted it. And so, I don't know, it seems like that could be the case. We're seeing now that, like, as the people start to fight, more and more information is coming up. And that is always very encouraging and good to know because, you know, there's a lot of people awake now. It might not seem like it, but there are a lot of people awake awake. All right, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Michigan and what's going on in Antrim County. So, okay, as we know, yesterday they had their hearing. We were talking about it on the C-Report. And, um, uh, well, I mean, it was live. It started like around uh, one or two, not Trump time, my time. And um, <laughs> what do you call it? And then from there, it went on to, I think they said it was about a three hour hearing. Uh, so we weren't able to do an update, obviously, because, you know, I was researching for that story, etc. But okay, so here's an update for what's going on in Antrim County, like at the close of this three hour session, three and a half hour session, uh, what was decided was that uh, they would reconvene on Tuesday, May 18th, and the judge would rule on standing. And what they're really trying to do here is um, uh, a constitutional lawyer, Matthew DiPerno, he's trying to get a full forensic audit opened up on um, on Antrim County, Michigan, because uh, they keep on giving him evidence. And this thing has been slowballed, like it's been slow walked, including in the press, because there have been reports on it in the press, but not much. And I can imagine not much is coming out of the lockdown state of Michigan because uh, people like their governor, you know, uh, is using this COVID cover to go ahead and keep her people tied up, tied down and at home. Um, so that's just something interesting to think about uh, when you think about uh, the, the um, I guess, the optics of the COVID-19 shamdemic and then everything else that was going on in Michigan. So uh, I think that's a big part of it, but that's obviously not all of it. Um, so anyways, we had uh, six uh, Democrat attorneys um, that represented the state at this hearing. Uh, so it was really like what uh, Matthew DiPerno versus the world, it seems like. And uh, um, let's go ahead and get into the breakdown. Uh, the judge who oversaw it was 13th Circuit Court judge by the name of Kevin J. Elsenheimer. And uh, let me go and pop this baby up on the screen. So there's an image of uh, this hearing that was going on yesterday. Uh, let me see if I can fit everyone in there. 
Eh, that'll have to do. Okay, so here you have Matthew DiPerno in this corner. Let me go ahead and expand that just a bit for you guys. Matthew DiPerno right over here. And then uh, let's see here. And then, and then there's everybody else. Okay, so... <laughs> all right, so let's see. Um, we had... Uh, okay, Eric Grill. He's the Assistant Attorney General. So let's see. Eric Grills, this dude over here. Eric Grills, the Assistant... And let me go and just expand that all the way up. And uh, we also had um, um, the Radical Attorney General Dana Nassell. Let me see if Dana is in the audience. I don't think she is, honestly. Or he. Uh, you know, Dana can be a he. Here's the 13th Circuit Court judge. Um, okay, and among other people there. And uh, thank you again, NPC Show, for the raid. I do appreciate it. I hope your audience enjoys the show. Um, and welcome, welcome. Hey, Liz Garcia, I see you in there. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, let's go ahead and get back into this. And, uh, okay, so uh, Antrim County Attorney and Chair uh, for the Grand Traverse Republican, Hader Kazim. Okay, so this Hader Kazim guy, he's a hater! This guy is a hater. Okay, let me let me back out a little bit. Um, okay, so Hader Kazim, that guy right there. You see, you might see my little circle thing here, like my little cursor. This guy right here. This guy who looks like Chunk Yogurt from the Young Turks. I can't stand them, right? Okay, so Hader Kazim, he is the Republican chair of the Grand Traverse. Oh, he's the chair of the Grand Traverse Republican Party. He's a Republican. And he wants to shut down this audit in Michigan. You have to ask yourself, what the heck is up with that, right? Anyway, so all of these people want to dismiss this, uh, this election fraud lawsuit. They don't want to move forward with it. Um, they, they were there for, what, three or four hours. And we had a report from 100% fed up. Um, Assistant Attorney General Grill and Hader Kazim, Grand Traverse GOP Chair and Lawyer representing Antrim County, filed a motion to quash the subpoenas, as did Peter Wendling, a Bel Air attorney representing several townships. So yeah, we have all of the players here. Here's Peter Wendling. You got to wonder how much money these people are making or what they're getting. Yes, that's right, Azarius. A lot of traders. Let's go ahead and put that up on the screen. We got a lot of traders here. They are traders to our country. Indeed, they are. Um, it says, DePerno now is requesting similar election data from the 15 townships in Antrim County, Antrim County, and his plan, as spelled out in his subpoenas, was for the township officials to bring the records and equipment to the Kearney Township Hall in Bel Air between May 5th and May 7th. Um, now, an interesting here thing to note, well, maybe not so interesting, maybe kind of expected, These, the, they've been waiting for all of these people to give them their discovery. Like, Matthew DiPerno and his team have discovered all of this fraud information, like all of this evidence of fraud. And since February, they have been waiting for... Um, Antrim County and the, basically the, the Secretary of State to hand over discovery. They haven't even handed over the discovery. Like, they have not given anything to these people. How is it that these people are getting uh, slow rolling this so bad is what I want to know. Um, it's, it's a sad day for justice and jurisprudence in America when we have things like this happening. And you, you have to know that they get this from the top. You know, you have uh, some, someone like 
like wretched Gretchen uh, Whitmer as governor of Michigan, you can kind of see how all of these other people are traitors and poisonous, right? Because obviously, and then like, for example, they had that one uh, legislator who was, uh, who was arrested for DWI or whatever. And he was like, I'm going to tell wretched Gretchen Wilson or Whit Whitmer. I'm going to tell wretched Gret Whit Whitmer. Anyways. So that's just, uh, you know, it just goes to show like it really, it really does trickle down sometimes as opposed to trickle up. But since February, they have, they have been waiting to get this, um, this discovery. Uh, so <clears throat> anyway, so uh, it also says that attorney Matthew DiPerno responded to the allegations that an audit of the vote in Antrim County has already been granted and no event has plaintiff been granted an audit, but instead the so-called audit included a hand recount ordered by the secretary of state. DiPerno stated that there had been no review of any of the down ballot races. DiPerno told the judges, we haven't, we haven't inspected the absentee ballots, how they were folded or what kind of paper they were printed on. So if you think about what they're doing over in Arizona, what they're trying to get done over in um, New Hampshire, where they have a, um, um, an audit system such as one that was created by the likes of Jovan Pulitzer, you know, they have, it's all forensic, you know, from everything from, you know, what the paper looked like, smelled like, tasted like, and felt like, all the way to the kind of ink that was used to the creases and and then and even more uh in looking at the detail of what these are all so they really wanted you know and this has been the case in every situation uh with these audits like they supposedly have these audits they really want people to um they really want people to just kind of rely on the audits that, you know, the, the, the city, the state might have a hand selected who's going to audit their stuff and all, all things like that. We have that happening in Arizona. You know, we see that we see that that was the case in New Hampshire where they're trying to get their own auditors who are who are innately opposed to auditing these elections to to audit their uh, city's elections. And it's not it's not working. It's not going to happen. It's not a good thing, guys. It's not a good thing. Um, OK, so let's go ahead and take a look at uh, this document. Um, <laughs> this is a document from uh, Matthew DiPerno. Uh, and here you see it's again, like we have this guy. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Did not mean to do that. But that maybe that's what the maybe that was more of a Freudian flip. Um, OK, this Hayden Kazim, Hader Kazim, the hater. He's the Republican hater over there in uh my, my highlight wasn't working earlier. So yeah, you're see Hater Kazim right there. We're going to do a play-by-play, -play, guys. Okay, let me, let me get this pulled up. All right. Uh, Matthew DiPerno, and this is this is the uh, the text of the uh, lawsuit that he's filing. Okay, so let's go ahead and... Because there's actually some pretty good information in here. So we're not going to go through all of this, obviously, but we'll read some of it. Here it says, The plaintiff and his team of experts have now broken the Dominion Code used to commit fraud in Antrim County and the state of Michigan. So you guys might remember uh, probably about, was it maybe Monday or so? If, if not, wait, today is Tuesday. It must have been on Friday or, or Thursday where they broke that, um, let me go ahead and expand, where they broke that uh, they actually had evidence and they showed exactly how they use the software that Dominion uses to flip the votes um, or to, to skew. Well, it was basically it was flipping because um, it, it, took, it took the seven Trump votes versus the two Biden votes and it gave what? It gave uh, like four of them to Biden two of them to another dude and one of them to Trump. It was, it was all like broken down in a weird way. 
Anywho, let's go ahead and get back to this uh, this uh, um, lawsuit here. It says, Notwithstanding the delays, plaintiff and his team of experts have broken the Dominion Code used to commit fraud in Antrim County and the state of Michigan. We are not saying this is the only way to do flip votes, but it is clearly one way to circumvent all the weak Dominion protocol and affect an election in Michigan. Certainly, this investigation would have been easier if defendants had engaged in good faith discussion Discovery and actually turned over information rather than obfuscate and hide data and falsely tell the world the big lie that this was the safest election in the history of the world and human error. I, I kind of like that, guys. Uh, in the body of his lawsuit, he just used uh, he just used their own words against him, a la President Trump, telling the world the big lie was that this was the safest election in the history of the world. <laughs> it's always so much sweeter when you can use their words against them. Anyways, okay, it says, Indeed, there was no human error. This brief details how votes can easily be transferred from one candidate to another using the tools available on the Antrim County Election Management System. Our tests confirmed that the vote tally errors observed in Antrim County on November 3rd, 2020 were most likely the result of technical manipulation of the election project file, not human error, and not a computer glitch. By conducting a series of tests, plaintiffs experts were able to replicate the vote tally errors through a method wholly contrary to the human error narrative proposed by Alex Halderman. And then, so if you'd like to see the video... You can go to www.depernolaw.com slash dominion.html. And this right here is the video that we aired on the C report. I mean, we can't play this. This is just a, a still image. But in this video, uh, that dude right there, he, that dude right there, he actually, he actually shows us in real time on TV how they flip the votes using Dominion software. Like, they show it to us. So, if you guys haven't seen it yet, I'd recommend that you do, uh, because this is only a piece of the evidence that DePerno is um, is uh, giving to the court, or submitting to the court to try and open up Michigan and Antrim County to a forensic audit like we're seeing in Arizona. Like, all of this is happening, and in Arizona, they're getting flanked left and right by the good guys. Like, the bad guys, the liars, the black hats, they are getting outflanked by the light of truth. Um, and, and it's a beautiful thing to see that it's actually moving forward. And, and you know, we, we still haven't seen BLM and Antifers out there yet. So hopefully we don't. But anyways, uh, let me go and finish up with this lawsuit. Some of the other points that now here right here is the example of how it flipped it. It was four to one. OK, so it was originally like one vote for Biden and five votes for Trump. And instead, it gave four votes for Biden, two votes for Trump, and one one vote for Al Jurgensen. Just kidding. It wasn't Al Jurgensen, not the lead singer of Ministry. It was Joe Jurgensen. Anyways, okay, so moving right along. Um, okay, and uh, more examples of the flip and how they didn't look at the down vote. Okay, so uh, I, <laughs> I don't know why the blue is that big. Anyways, um, it says here, um, this is what the plaintiff is entitled to. Plaintiff is entitled to an audit of the county as amended by Constitution 1963, Article 2. Um, now provides in pertinent part every citizen of the United States who is an elector qualified to vote in Michigan shall have the following rights the right to have the result of statewide elections audited in such a manner as prescribed by law to ensure the accuracy and integrity of elections all right so that's a little bit and then the last piece I want to show down here now was this this information here 
pardon my scribbling. Um, okay, so these charts right here, um, this is this is some of the stuff that he submitted as evidence as well. Dr. Uh, Matthew DePerno, a constitutional lawyer. These charts right here show the age of the townships, like the voting age of the townships. And it was the registered uh, registered voters. So that's the blue part. Registered voters is the blue part. And then the red part is the turnout. So what was interesting here in the data analysis that they found was the older these people got, the higher the turnout was, which was quite interesting because in the age of COVID, you would expect the, um, like, check out this one right here. Do you see that? Like it was almost 100%, almost 100% of registered voters age what? 70 at this point, age 70 to 100, almost 100% of them turned out to vote in Elk Rapids Township in Antrim County. Uh, but yet, the younger they were, <laughs> no one turned out to vote. I mean, it's COVID-19, guys. Like, we're in a supposed pandemic. Why would grandma and grandpa and great-grandma and great-grandpa be coming out to vote you know, um, and, and they, a threat of dying, you know? <laughs> and, and so there's more here. Look at, check this one out. Helena township, almost a hundred percent of people age, what, 60 to 70, <laughs> 65 or higher came out to vote. You know, um, it's just, uh, that was just put, this one's even crazier. Look, it looks like, it looks like more people at the age of 73, 4, or 5 turned out to vote than actually registered. <laughs> Check that out. What's up with that? You know, so here's another one. Almost 100%. People at the age of 75 to 80. Man, those are dedicated people. They just must really have hated Trump up there in Milton Township is what I'm thinking. What the heck is up with that? So that was a little bit more evidence that he submitted uh, to the court to try and get this done. And then, of course, here, uh, that's where it says we can see clearly in the graphs a near perfect turnout consistently between the ages of 65 to 80. That's insane. This guy had he wrote a fun, uh, fun uh, um, lawsuit. I think I, I enjoyed reading it. One may wonder what is causing a near 100 percent turnout in these age groups. We believe it directly correlates to the facts that 20.3 percent of all ballots in Antrim County were sent to P.O. boxes as demonstrated in the charts above. As we see in the charts below, there were 15,962 ballots present at the hand recount on December 17, 2020. We're not going to go through those charts. It's too small. But here it says, however, in the chart from above, a uh, uh, chart above from Dr. Frank showing 20.3% of the ballots were sent to P.O. boxes. Um, we see that there are only... 14,901 ballots in Defendant Benson's official database. And that's where we get that phantom ballot rate of like what? It was like 1,061 or something like that. Yeah, 1,061. Um, so 1,061 phantom ballots, that was a difference between what they had registered versus what they had in the hand count in their database. And then here was some dialogue. This one was interesting. Okay, so here's another thing that they put in there. There was previously reported a secretary of state official told two of the volunteers to count approximately 138 ballots with the very same signature. 
in Central Link Township. So they counted 138 ballots with the same signature, and this is from a video, but this is the dialogue to that video. The Secretary of State official says, you need to move forward with the audit so we can get the numbers, so we can see how many ballots are here. And the, uh, the volunteer asks, so when we're done with the audit, there's still the opportunity to challenge the fact that we have multiple ballots with the very same signatures on it. And um, the Secretary of State says, I don't know if challenge is the right word. The volunteer said, but we are going to challenge. And then another volunteer told the Secretary of State, well, go ahead and count the ballots moving forward, but we will separate out and count those. There's going to be an asterisk saying these ballots have the same signature. So they're trying to do that. And then, you know, the Secretary of State just basically uh, ignored them. They don't know what happened to the ballots. Um, they don't know uh, what was part of that process process, um, but the volunteers never got any clarity on it. It was only reported as per affidavit, uh, I imagine. It says the above pictures are demonstrate significant errors that should not occur in the system without proper scientific non-political explanation by defendants and based on their refusal to answer discovery, they have to assume fraud. So I think that this is more than enough to move forward, but of course, we're not going to know about it until, what, the 18th, which is next Tuesday, um, and that's when they're going to have a ruling on whether or not this is going to move forward. So I would say, guys, get this out there. If you um, if you know anyone in Michigan, anyone in Michigan, if you're awake, uh, go ahead and start doing saying something about this, uh, at least reporting on it or something like that. Okay, cool. All right. So I think that's all we got for um, Michigan. Let's go ahead and move over into Arizona. Arizona, what's going on in Arizona? Uh, let's see here. Um, da -dum -da -dum -dum. Oh, okay, yeah, let's let's talk about that sheriff real quick. This guy here, Sheriff Penzoni, uh, the one who uh, thinks that they should stop the audit. Uh, it's un-American, it's ungodly, it's whatever. He's un-American. And uh, um, just some news dropped on this guy. This guy needs to be replaced. Now, they had Sheriff Arpaio in Arizona for the longest time. Uh, I remember seeing him on TV and in reports. Well, you know, television, I say, like, you know, independent uh, independent news media, you know, like InfoWars or whatever. Uh, he used to come out on that program. Uh, InfoWars is a program. Um, but uh, what do you call it? Um, I, I know that Sheriff Arpaio had some moments, right? But um, this guy, this guy, he received... $2 million from George Soros that was confirmed. Uh, and that's basically how he beat out Sheriff Arpaio in Arizona. And we have to remember, sheriffs are the highest level of elected official in the state. Like the buck stops with the sheriff. They're, 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 they're the law, they're elected officials, highest office as far as that goes, higher than the governor. Like the, the law stops with the sheriff. And if you have a rotten treasonous, traitorous, globalist-funded sheriff, you're not going to be doing too well in your town. And now we have this case where the routers over there are uh, tied to, uh, you know, crime records and the sheriff's office. And, and why on earth would you have routers for an estate election tied to that type of information? Go figure. I couldn't figure it out, so I had to turn to my friend, Dr. Kelly Ward, over there in Arizona to get an update on what was going on. So let's give a few minutes to Dr. Kelly Ward. 
Hello everyone, it is time for America's Audit Update from the Republican Party of Arizona. I am your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. Now, this update is gonna be longer today because this is breaking information. You are going to find it shocking, so please watch it until the end. Today, we are going to explore the Maricopa County big router lie. The argument that the Maricopa County election officials are making that accessing the routers would risk compromising the social security numbers, medical histories, and or law enforcement files is another big lie. Maricopa County had 2.1 million votes in 2020 and therefore requires a very large system to handle them. No software routers would be used, only hardware routers. Decades ago, hardware routers were expensive, but the price has fallen and many more capabilities have been added to those devices. Hardware routers are a separate, dedicated piece of equipment with fast networking and limited disk storage. Fast networking, limited disk storage. Only the rawest of rookie network technicians would install additional applications and data files on a router. In beginning classes, network technicians are trained not to install applications or data files on routers. They're trained that the router is a single purpose machine used to route, used to route packets of data. A router would never be used as a database server because the disk storage would not support a database server, especially for an entity as large as Maricopa County. Each application or data file installed would reduce the performance of the router. And guess what? Users want the routing to be as fast as possible. There is no danger when a forensic copy is made of the router hard drive. The certified forensic software programs start the router in single user mode without network capability enabled. This includes disabling any wide area networking capability. So without networking capability, there is no access to other servers or to other workstations. Even servers, network attached storage units or workstations in the same physical rack are not accessible when in single user mode with networking disabled. The reason single user mode is used by the forensic software is to keep other computers from changing anything on the router. The forensic software will make a true copy, a true copy of the router disk. Now, while it's not necessary to unplug the network cables from the router ports for a certified forensic copy of the router to be made, a network technician could he or she could unplug them. With no physical connection to a network, it would be impossible, that's right, impossible, to access any other computer or storage unit. So Dominion Voting Systems has manuals, and those manuals describe configurations with Windows, database, and application servers, and network-attached storage. Databases are stored on the database server, the applications are, are stored on the application server and the election data files are stored on the network attached storage. 
There is no discussion of storing applications or data files on a router in these manuals. For an election system to be certified, the election computer should not and cannot be shared with law enforcement and should not and cannot contain medical records. Law enforcement laws and regulations would prohibit storing law enforcement data on non-law enforcement computers or network attached storage. HIPAA is something I'm, I'm familiar with as a physician and HIPAA places stringent restrictions on disclosing medical information and it restricts medical information to non-election computers and network attached storage. Let me ask you this, has Maricopa County violated HIPAA laws? And if so, they are required to self-report. Between election cycles, the voting system should be stored in a secure location with no access except authorized election officials and supporting technical staff. That secure storage makes the election equipment unusable for daily use, as is required for law enforcement, for human resources, or for medical personnel and for medical information. Hopefully, this clears up Another big lie by Maricopa County attorneys. I thank you for tuning in. It is going to be a busy week. If you want to support America's audit and make sure that we can keep the pressure on and we can keep pushing to get this done, donate at the link below. We need your help. Please share this video. We will finish America's audits. I'll see you next time. All right, that was pretty cool. So, I mean, she breaks it all down, and uh, I see there's some uh, IT tech people in the chat rooms also. Um, yeah, you know, like, it's it's just insane to think that these people are trying to get away with it, and, and they are, are doing everything that they can to just block these efforts, but it seems like they are getting no quarter and no grace in the state of Arizona, and... All of this information now is all regarding the routers and the certification. Because you remember we talked about the certification on yesterday's show. Um, and we were talking about how they basically were running uncertified elections since at least 2018, if not sooner, they said. So it's quite possible that everything in Arizona is going to get turned up down on its head, turned upside down on its head, if I can say that right. Okay, so IT experts, uh, we had a, an article from the Gateway Pundit that talked, said, uh, headline read, um, IT expert says Maricopa County officials refuse to provide routers and passwords to Senate auditors. So we know this, right? But here's the thing is it's because they don't want the public to know where data was sent and when it was sent. So um, I think there was a, a Zarius had said something about the routers and the hard drive. It does The only data it is designed to hold is the firmware. I don't know any of this to be true because I'm not an IT person, uh, but but basically, uh, to also follow up on what Dr. Kelly Ward was saying, uh, once they're independent or they're disconnected or they're single standalone servers, like you can't get into all the information. So really, all it could do is track the data that has been sent back and forth. Now, um, I had uh, shared this. I had shared this um, communication document with you guys on an earlier episode, probably around the fourth. 
of this month between uh, Ken Bennett and also uh, Alistair Adel, the Maricopa County, County attorney. This is the one that was the big bombshell. If you guys remember right here where it was says, additionally, you wrote to me on April 30th asking that the county provide additional passwords, usernames. We don't have them is basically what he said. If you guys remember when we shared that, that was like one of the big bombshells. Like everyone was like, dang, right? So anyways, um, there was a breakdown um, in... Um, the gateway pundit of what they were talking about in regards to some of the paragraphs in here. So uh, let's take a look at this one here. Um, delivering routers of virtual images. So uh, let me see. I don't know. I don't want to locate that in here. Let me go ahead and pull this guy back. Oh, that's coming up next, guys. All right. So um, it said uh, there was this paragraph here that said delivering routers of virtual images um, of uh, posed a significant security risk to law enforcement data utilized by the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office as well as numerous federal agencies. We had previously believed the risk would be eliminated, redacting the law enforcement data on the router and not producing it. So that response was questionable according to the GTP um, uh, or the, the, G, the TGP. Whatever. Okay, anyways, on discussion with experts, routers only show the traffic going between entities. Routers record date and timestamps of traffic flow to and from entities, and these timestamps are by the second and are not are by the second and are not editable. Based on this response, the county doesn't want the auditors to see where data was transferred to and from related to the 2020 elections. Then there was another uh, article, a paragraph in there that stated providing the routers or virtual images of routers put sensitive confidential data belonging to Maricopa County citizens, including social security numbers and protected health information at risk. Um, and their response to that was since the routers don't record and save the information transferred to and from the county, it is not possible to see any data with social security numbers and health info in the routers. So it's total BS. So yeah, exactly what they were saying. Exactly what Azaria said. You're going to put the pop that baby on the screen. Exactly what he said. Like, if, I guess if you think about like, I mean, I'm not a tech guy, like I said, but if I were to put like, you know, my common sense hat on, it would say, oh yeah, my Wi-Fi router, we don't store data on the Wi-Fi router, obviously. So, you know, I mean, it gives me a better idea, a grasp of what we're, thank you, Azarius. It gives me a better grasp of what we're talking about because, you know, it's like, oh yeah, duh, obviously that's not the function of a router. So why on earth? are they not wanting to share those routers? Well, I guess they're going to have to answer it under oath since they don't want to give up that information. All right, guys, let's hop over to New Hampshire because we're running out of time. Uh, so some quick updates on what's going on in New Hampshire. Now, as you guys know, uh, the people of New Hampshire have started to do a fundraising uh, to get Jovan over in, Jovan Pulitzer over in uh, Wyndham to get that audit performed. They're coming up against a lot of heat now. Today, as of 10 a.m., the uh, the, uh, the the selectmen, or what are they called? Yeah, of Wyndham, the, the city heads of Wyndham, went ahead and decided to go ahead and start their audit. Um, we don't know. I need to I need to get an update, but the 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 most updated information I had came from the Granite Grok. Um, they've actually they're a local uh, outfit who's been covering this. Uh, they they um. <clears throat> Um, they uh, issued a temporary injunction. They filed for a temporary injunction against the Wyndham incident forensic audit. So they're trying to get it stopped. Um, and they're all, they also filed a right to know request. So a real quick rundown on that. It says uh, the forensic audit of the Wyndham voting machines and ballots from the November 
2020 election was scheduled to begin today at 10 a.m. unless it was delayed by a temporary injunction. Now, I was going through this news about a noonish and uh, there had not been a temporary injunction cited against them. Um, but it does say that that's what they were asking for. They also filed for this right to know request to protect the critical machine data that is stored in the memory when the machines are powered down. So this is just to ensure that if they do get to move he- forward with this forensic audit, that the people who currently have their, their dirty little mittens on that equipment do not erase that data. Um, the data is vulnerable to being lost if special care is not taken because it will be flushed out of memory and lost when machines are powered up. Uh, The right to know request should protect all of the data on the machines if the intent of the law is followed. So the breakdown would be um, either the data is copied and delivered to them as requested um, or the request is denied, but the data must be preserved for 90 days. So even if they tell them, no, you can't have this data, they still cannot erase it. Right. And then also if the request is denied, but the data, uh, it must be preserved while this lawsuit is in progress. So even if they deny the request until this lawsuit has seen its way through, they cannot dump that data. Their goal is to get copies of all the data from all of the machines and perform a forensic audit with an independent team that is outside of the umbrella of one organization, Verified Voting, who Mark Lindman is a part of, and he's also written letters to uh, shut down the audit in Maricopa. No bias, right? No bias there at all. There will be those who fight this request, not because there is any justification to do so, nor harm that will come if it is approved. They will fight it just to fight it for whatever reasons that might be. Um, But I guess we'll have to wait and see um, how that is. And so let's see, I had a quick video here. Oh, this was a a copy of the document uh, for the injunction and the right to know request um, a prayer for relief that they were asking for. Wherefore, the plaintiffs respectfully request that this uh, that this honorable court grant a judgment in favor of the plaintiffs and declare that the defendant's town of Wyndham and the state of New Hampshire allow for enter a temporary injunction ordering a stay on the commencement of the audit as mandated by SB 43 further enjoying the defendant state of New Hampshire acting through this agent the secretary of state and New Hampshire attorney general with defendant town of Wyndham acting through its agents including the board of selectmen town clerk and town administrator from engaging in the commencement of an audit as outlined per SB 43 wow that is quite a weird prayer anyway just kidding guys all right let's take a look at this quick video real quick from uh um, uh, MTD News. An election integrity watchdog, the Amistad Project, is accusing Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg of influencing the 2020 election through donations. This report and the evidence we're going to share today demonstrates that Mr. Zuckerberg's funds flowing through charities paid for the election judges, paid for the satellite offices to turn out the vote, paid for the machines, and dictated the policies that undermines state law. A key nonprofit that Klein, a former Kansas Attorney General, referred to is the Center for Tech and Civic Life. According to CTCL's press release, Zuckerberg and his wife have donated at least $250 million and committed to a total of $400 million as of October for election-related initiatives. CTCL, it says on their website, paid for recruiting and training poll workers, renting out polling places, and equipment to process ballots and applications, to name a few. 
Klein says this organization has agreements to implement a voting plan in cities that ask for financial help, like Wisconsin's Kenosha, Green Bay, and Milwaukee. In other words, an organization funded by Zuckerberg, who's largely made donations to Democrats based on open secrets data, has a part in planning elections. One of the, the basic questions, it's a basic civics question that I think we should ask here, and that is, is, is it legitimate to allocate private money for public elections? We contacted Facebook and the CTCL for comment, but they didn't get back to us before airtime. Miguel Moreno, NTD News. All right, guys. So you guys might be wondering what that's all about, right? Well, guess what? We have more evidence of fraud coming out ah! in Wisconsin. So Wisconsin is now on the table. Um, let's see. What do we have? Arizona. Uh, we got New Hampshire. We got Michigan. We got Georgia. Now we got Wisconsin. So now Wisconsin is on the table. Wisconsin is now in play. So uh, the reason why I showed that to you is because um, they're talking. And I know you guys remember about Zuckerberg uh, funding and sending millions of dollars to like, you know, get this election thing. And here's the funny thing, right? In Arizona, they have a problem with uh, independent businesses and people funding this audit. But they had no problem with this independent private money funding elections like there's a big there you see again that hypocrisy it shines its face clearly every time so let's talk real quick about what's going on in wisconsin now the reason why zuckerberg was in this um report again because of all of the money that he donated but also because of that one um that one um um, that one organization, Center for Tech and Civic Life. This is basically the organization that Zuckerberg used to get the money in there and to get it to the places. And there was also some controversy over that because what they had found out was that Zuckerberg had basically said, here's the money, here's the rules to use this money. And if they didn't follow those rules, then they would have to pay him back. So it's not like they could they could use that money any way that they saw necessary when it came to funding and helping out in their elections. They couldn't. They had to follow his rule book. Okay, so now over in um, Wisconsin, it is evidence of election fraud involving Zuckerberg money. The McIver Institute is the one that broke this information, and they showed emails showing likely illegality in the way Milwaukee ran the presidential election. This is breaking. Um, it says, under Wisconsin law, each municipal clerk has charge and supervision of elections and registration in the municipality. But in the five largest cities in Wisconsin, that's not what happened. So, ba I mean, basically, it's it's all that it ever is. You know, we have our set of laws. We have our set of, you know, um, election laws. You know, uh, the Constitution says it falls back on the legislature of each state, right? What's so difficult about that? Well, just as we're seeing that in Arizona, that uh, Dominion actually had Dominion over the Arizona elections, we're seeing that to be the case in Wisconsin, except it wasn't Dominion per se. It was this Center for Tech and Civic Life. And uh, they sent in this one dude. Um, let me see if I can get his name. Uh, da -da 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 the name of the man was... I hate to say it, but uh, I know his first name was Michael. <laughs> 
Um, I'll get you the name in just a sec. But basically, they found a whole trove of emails going between the secretaries of state and the people running the elections. And um, and in these emails, they are passing along this CTCL guy, the Center for Tech and Life, uh, Civic Life, um, and he got embedded into them. So it says it says here the mayors met virtually at least four times from May to August to discuss their joint bid for the Center for Tech and Civic Life grant money. Um, Mason and Mason would be, uh, let's see here. Mason was the uh, mayor of Racine. So you remember Racine, Wisconsin from the movie A League of Their Own? Okay, so Corey Mason, he's the mayor there. He got, uh, get, he got together with his other buddy mayors from Milwaukee, Madison, Green Bay, and Kenosha. Um, and they were talking about how they're going to have this Center for Tech and Civic Life involved in their races. So this way they could get the grant money to fund what they needed for the races and the elections, right? Um, so they met virtually. Um, and and uh, let's see here. It says that uh, City of Racine attorney Vicky Selkow or Selco sought to develop a robust plan for election administration for all five of those communities. So she was definitely in with it, with the Center for Tech and Civic Life, and she was going to arrange to run those elections and to administer them. So uh, secret- uh, we saw this also, uh, I think it was in Pennsylvania, where um, the Secretary of State wrote guidelines uh, for suggestions on how to accept signatures uh, when they had the ballot signatures to see if they matched. I don't know if you guys remember that episode. and They had all the signatures of what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable, but how is she supposed to write their election laws when they already have them? And she's like, oh, here's a memo on guidelines on how you should, but you can't do that because they already have their rules in the book. The laws are there written for a reason. You can't overwrite them just because you're a secretary of state. Well, this is basically kind of what we have going on here. It says that um, this would, of course, run afoul of the state law as only the municipal municipal court clerks or election boards in the other four communities have the authority to plan and administer elections. So Little Miss uh, Attorney Vicky Selko cannot legally run the elections for four other cities. Like, you just can't do that. Only the municipalities have the right to do that. According to the emails, the Racine Common Council approved the first phase of grant money acceptance on behalf of all five communities, which became known as the Wisconsin Five. All five eventually received Center for Tech and Civic Life grant money, with Milwaukee getting more than $2.1 million of Zuckerberg money. Basically, they were getting Zuckerberg money. Um, according to the agreement, the city of Milwaukee signed with CTCL. CTCL set the ground rules for how every penny of money was to be spent. And Milwaukee was not allowed to reduce or otherwise modify planned municipal spending on the 2020 elections. In addition, the city was not permitted to use any part of the grant to give a grant to another organization unless CTCL, Zuckerberg's organization, agreed to it and to the specific subrecipient in advance and in writing. So they wanted to know where this money was going at all times. And again, there was this thing where if they didn't follow the letter of his law, then they had to pay all that money back. And so obviously they were going to follow that law. Um, this is major. This is a major and legal constitutional issue as Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1 known as the Elections Clause of the United States Constitution, holds that the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators 
and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. So again, it falls back on the legislature. And if this is the law that they have given, you have to follow it. Just because you have $2.1 million from Zuckerberg does not mean that you follow what Zuckerberg says. These people clearly were not in the interest of their own constituents by doing so. By accepting CTCL's conditions for running the election, the city of Milwaukee and the other four communities, remember Racine, Kenosha, and Green Bay, um, and what was the last one? Madison. There we go, Madison. Those four, by accepting that that Zuckerberg money, um, violated state law. Nothing in the law allows for this sort of thing, yet it quickly became clear that CTCL, not Milwaukee, was effectively running Milwaukee's elections. So why do we have all of these outsider organizations, whether it's Dominion or the Center for Tech and Civic Life, running the elections in uh, in the United States. It makes no sense. So anyways, this, uh, this information came from, again, the McIver Institute. So you can check that out if you want to get, they have like the emails here, the receipts, they have the emails here. I'm not going to go through all of them, obviously. Uh, the name of that guy that I couldn't remember from the CTCL, his name is Michael Spitzer Rubenstein. And uh, I don't have a picture of him, but he's got a terrible set of eyebrows. Let me tell you what, he needs to get that trimmed. And uh, yeah, so like I showed you that that video again about um, about Zuckerberg and his dirty money, basically. So again, now we have Wisconsin getting blown wide open. So that is something I think to look forward to, uh, something to pay attention to, uh, because yeah, it's it's uh it's going to be one of those weeks, according to Dr. Uh, Kelly Ward, and we'll see how that ends out. All right, guys, that's it for the C report today. Sorry, I went over a few minutes, um, but uh, we'll we we will be back here tomorrow uh, on this channel at four p four p.m. Central, five p.m. Trump time. Um, don't forget to tune in to Q and A holes live tonight. They're going to be doing a special eclipse. Um, rendition of the show. I will not be there, but you will still have Mr. W. You'll still have Joe one of two always enjoyable to watch. And they may have a guest, uh, a guest appearance today by RMA. Um, RMA. Don't forget RMA's Mexican baloney and RMA's wood chippers. You don't want to forget that. That's some, something that you want in your woodshed. I'm sure. All right, guys, you have a great night. Good. Have a good night. Miss Liz Garcia and everyone in Twitch. Thank you again, Frank, for rating the C report. That was most awesome. Blonde Lady Q, Tam Garal, Henry 4570, Micah. Hey, what's up? Cloud Watcher, Joe, one of two. Thanks for hanging out with me today at the Mr. C channel. And with the C report, we'll see you guys. Manana for show. Take care till then. Have a good night. Bye bye.